Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is All Things Therapy, where we are changing consciousness one conversation at a time. And I'm Lisa Tahir, your host. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm Lisa Tahir, your host, and I'm really excited about today's episode. I met this individual through uh, a class having to do with psychology and astrology, and in just a couple minutes, we are going to be with Sharon Zimmerman. She's an evolutionary astrologer. We're going to talk about what that means, and she's going to be discussing topics relevant to us having to do with the new moon coming up next week, the eclipse that recently happened, and Mercury retrograde. So I want to capture your attention early on so you know the subject of our show before I just direct you, if you wanted to work with me as your therapist, I am taking new clients. You can learn about my practice through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities where I live. Today, I'm coming to you from New Orleans. And, um, you know, I'm going to ask Sharon, I've been feeling kind of activated emotionally, I I took a moment to just intend to feel some peace and calm doing this show and having a guest always helps me be happy. So regardless of a few moments ago, I felt emotionally overwhelmed. I'm really excited to have this time with you all listening, watching, and with Sharon Zimmerman. I want to throw out her website in case you want to follow along. It's a beautiful website called astrologyinsight.net. And before we go to Sharon and our time together, I want to share with you my new podcast sponsor that I'm loving because they bring you something really unique. Annie's Kit Club brings creativity to your mailbox. And as an artist, as a glass artist for over 20 years, I know the value of making something with your hands, the happiness that it can bring you. And Annie's Kit Club is all about that. They are a monthly subscription service. And as my listener, they're giving you 75% off your first month to try them out. And they have these crafting kits having to do with things you can learn to make such as jewelry, necklaces, bracelets, earrings. That's their beading kit. There's a kit to knit your own socks with really cool color patterns. That's a kit that I selected to try. There's also crocheting and Afghan kits. And every month you complete one block and By the time a year has completed, you have a beautiful afghan to either keep for yourself or share 
as a gift with someone else. There's a young woodworkers kit for kids ages seven to 12 to teach them safely how to work with their hands. And there's also a crafting kit if you just wanna try a bit of everything, a general kit. And again, as my listener, 75% off your first month to try them out. Learn more by going to Annie's Kit Clubs with an S.com. Use discount code THERAPY75 for that 75% off. And it's A-N-N-I-E-S-K-I-T-C-L-U-B-S.com. It'll be in the show notes. And I just think they're a really great company to get you creating with your hands and seeing the happiness that can bring into your life. So with that, we are about to be with Sharon Zimmerman. And Sharon, I'm going to bring you in the video as I'm talking about you. Welcome. Sharon, like I said, hey, you're an evolutionary astrologer. And this means that you examine the evolution of consciousness through the lens of our previous lifetimes and their relevance to our present life circumstances. I know that you became interested in astrology over 30 years ago when an astrologer gave you the exact time and date that your son would be born, and she was correct. You have had a passion for teaching, and you've taught people about the cultures and traditions of over 96 countries as an international tour guide, which you've done for over 30 years. And now, similarly, you guide people on their journey of inner awareness, utilizing the map of the galaxy known as our birth chart. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Um, let me just clarify. Um, the astrologer that first brought to my attention, you know, the relevance and the accuracy of astrology was actually more than 50 years ago. Oh, um, my gosh. Before my son was born. And um, so, yeah, I was in the travel industry uh, for 30 years. So, um yeah, I didn't start traveling as soon as he was born. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, the, uh, I don't know if people are familiar with Bill Bradley. He was the senator of New Jersey and his mother, uh, and he was a, a basketball player with the Knickerbockers. And it was his mother that was an astrologer. And um, uh, so she's the one that you know, I think I was maybe five months pregnant or something. And she said, oh, your son is going to be born October 3rd in the afternoon. And it was a week later than the due date. And okay. she's 100% accurate. So that's awesome. Yeah, that gets your attention. <laughs> it does get your attention. And, you know, I'm really excited to talk to you for those people listening or watching Astrology, I think, is becoming more and more in our lexicon and our world. How do you think astrology helps people to evolve, Sharon? Well, there are many tools for self-knowledge, and astrology is is one of those tools, you know, for um, increasing your your knowledge about who you are. And I think it's an incredible service. It's a acknowledgement and a validation about how you're feeling and, you know, the experiences that you're having. So when you were saying that, you know, you were feeling pretty emotional, I'm 
think that, you know, there's a really good astrological reason for that, that could be related back to this past lunar eclipse that we had, which, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about. Yeah. But, you know, astrology gives context and meaning to life experiences, even if they seem random and if they seem challenging, um, you know, they're, you know, it just gives this um, more in-depth meaning to it. Mm -hmm. So the, the heavens set up the energy, um, you know, for us, you know, the heavens set up the energies for us to deal with down here on earth. Mm -hmm. And as that saying goes, as above, so below. Yes. You know, which is the uh, hermetic tradition of philosophy that dates back thousands of years. So as above, so below, as within, so without. Yes. And, you know, as you are within, then that is reflected out to be mirrored back to who you are. So uh, astrology gives um, perspective and it gives an awareness. And if you think of, you know, like you're standing looking at your car, but you're four inches away in front of your car, you're only going to see the hood of your car and the windshield. But if you step back, you know, 50 feet, you see the entire car and you see a much bigger perspective. And that's, you know, what astrology has to offer is this much bigger uh, perspective, you know, this much bigger story about, you know, what's going on. And, you know, it gives you a, a, an objective validation of, you know, why you're here and, you know, the your soul's intention mm -hmm. of being here. So, you know, even if you don't follow the advice of an astrologer, uh, life's, you know, experiences will, you know, eventually get the message across to you. Right. Um, so I think astrology is, you know, a very helpful tool for guidance. I do too, Sharon. And talk to us about your approach having to do with evolutionary astrology that you speak about on your website and the significance. Right. Yeah, uh, evolutionary astrology is kind of a style of astrology. It's a method. And um, in looking at the birth chart, you are taking into consideration the soul's evolution um, and um, the process that the soul has been through and, and examining that and why you're here in this lifetime and what you're here to be uh, working on. Okay. It's a relatively new system and it was developed in the 1980s by Jeffrey Wolf Green and Stephen Forrest. And um, so there's an emphasis that's placed on Pluto and okay. the moon and uh, something called the lunar nodes. And so those are given, um, you know, much more focus and attention and um, that tell you a lot about your soul's evolution. And um, so Jeffrey Wolf Green said that if you um, understand the root of the tree, then the branches will take care of themselves. And so that's oh, wow. yeah. evolutionary astrology is about. And, you know, it just gives you insights into your um, 
life's purpose and, you know, where you've been and, um, you know, where you're going and why you're here. Um, and so the, the lunar nodes are not planets. They're mathematical points in the sky. And there's two nodes and they're always 180 degrees opposite each other. Okay. And so there's the south node and the north node. And the south node is where you've been. And, you know, it's what you know really well. It's what you brought into this lifetime being uh, accomplished at. And it's your school, uh, school, <laughs> it's your skills and tools, schools, uh, skills and tools. <laughs> yeah, you know. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and oftentimes the South Node is the path of least resistance because mm -hmm. you're familiar with it and, um, um, and it's the past, but it doesn't bring that joy that, you know, we want in life. It's that comes from the polar opposite, which is the North Node. Okay. And the North Node is, is your future. And it's, it's what you're here to be working on. And because um, you know, it being the North node, it's, um, unfamiliar and because it's so unfamiliar, it's uncomfortable. And many times people find me included, uh, find that they try all other types of, um, uh, remedies for fulfillment and happiness. Uh, and then eventually, lean into the North node, which is okay. where you do find that fulfillment. So it, many times it's what people try last. Um, and, um, but, um, so, you know, this is just, and the North node is, you know, where you find soul growth, where you find fulfillment and this joy and happiness. And that's, you know, of course, everything is generally speaking, you have to look at the whole chart. And so, for instance, my north node or my south node is in Sagittarius. Okay. And Sagittarius has a lot to do with many different things, but one is travel. And it also has to do with foreign countries and foreign people and foreign cultures. So I traveled and I was in the travel industry for 30 years, took people on tours all over the world. And I actually started traveling um, between my junior and senior year of high school. I went to um, Europe, all through Europe and um, all through Africa wow. and um, Greece. Awesome. Between my junior and senior year of high school. And it was, you know, like... Um, it was an easy thing for me to do. Yeah. But the North Node is the, the evolutionary point for, you know, this fulfillment in this lifetime. And the North Node for me uh, is in Gemini, which is about finding your authentic voice. It's about giving yourself the permission to be very curious about a lot of things and, you know, connecting with a wide variety of people and being a teacher and being a person with information that informs people. So that's, you know, the, the North Node. And you're definitely doing that as an astrologer and teacher. Exactly. And 
And that also, there's another indication in my chart, which is Pluto. And, you know, and that's also another indication for, you know, being in, in the field of astrology and self-awareness and helping people, you know, find that within themselves. Helping and, people evolve. Yes, exactly. And on my business card, on the back of my business card, I have, um, I can't find my card right now, but it's uh, a quote from a, um, a Swami whose name just went right out of my head. Long name. Anyway, Is it Yogananda? No, it wasn't. Okay. I can pronounce. Okay. Um, but anyway, it says a child is born on that day and that hour um, when the entire celestial rays are in a mathematical harmony to bring his or her karma, you know, to bring in the um, karma for that particular person. That's beautiful. And so um, frequently when we have reoccurring challenges these are often karmic and, you know, karma really means um, it's a stuck pattern. It's like a rut or, um, you know, a habit that we're in. And, you know, we just have to break out of that rut to change the karma. So once you're made aware, uh, then you can change your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the reality changes when you're, um, when what, you know, it, reality will change when you change what you're doing with your consciousness. Absolutely. So that's, you know, a, a crash course on uh, evolutionary astrology. <laughs> no, and the importance. Okay, I'm really excited for you to share with us because I did go outside and look at the recent oh, lunar eclipse and it was beautiful. beautiful. And you mentioned moments ago, it could relate to my emotionality and, and others. Yes. Will you share with us about, about this eclipse from an astrological perspective? Okay. And, and this eclipse that we're referring to was Sunday night, May 15th mm -hmm. uh, in the evening. And it was a total lunar eclipse. Um, and um, so first of all, eclipses are a, a process. It's not like a transit of the planets in the sky, which is sort of a more of a pinpoint. And we will continue to feel the reverberation of this particular eclipse until the end of September. Uh, yeah, the end of, no, the end of October when the next set of eclipses uh, occur. Okay. And um, and so I think the next eclipse is uh, October 25th. Um, and then, then there's a real whopper um, on election day, uh, November 8th. And that, like this past one, is a total lunar eclipse. But, you know, more about that later. Anyway, this particular eclipse that we just experienced, you know, was a quite a humdinger. And, you know, it really rang a gong that, you know, is still resonating out there. And um, so one thing about the eclipse, I mentioned this first, so I don't forget. It was in a challenging aspect with Saturn. And... Um, Saturn has is a planet that has a lot to do with duty and responsibility, and it also has 
you know, it's, it's an avenue through which we'll find our own personal freedom. Mm. So this Saturn placement uh, was in this challenging aspect to the sun and moon and the eclipse. But that, that position of Saturn relates back to where um, Saturn was, or, you know, it, it relates back to what was going on for everybody back in 2014. So in 2014, um, seven years ago, there was you know, something new that happened that has brought us here to where we are um, now. And so now this is kind of a pivot point okay. from whatever was happening in 2014. So we have a, um, you know, it's almost like fresh decisions that we are to be making based on what was occurring in 2014 and, you know, um, refining, you know, mm. what, what we're doing. So it's, you know, it's a time that we have to dig deep and, um, you know, sort of make adjustments. And then there, in another seven years, Saturn, you know, will be at another pivot point. Um, okay. So anyway, this eclipse, um, it's, you know, when the earth comes between the sun and the moon, it, it was a lunar eclipse. So it means it was a full moon, yet the earth pulled into position so that it blocked the light of the sun reflecting onto the moon. Okay. And um, so the moon is very much about, um, you know, emotional energy. And um, so, and a lot of emotional energy, as I'm sure you're very aware, you know, is stored in the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So this eclipse was a, an interruption of this, um, you know, this connection that we have. Um, and it's sort of like the electricity being shut off in the house or, mm. or like when you reboot your computer. So when the electricity comes back on the house in the house, you have to, you know, kind of reset the switch. Yeah. And, and fix your clocks. Yes. And, and so. Reorient. Right. Exactly. And it is a mindset shift with, a, especially with a total eclipse. And um, so it is a reboot of your habitual, you know, uh, emotional patterns. Yeah. And this eclipse was with the South Node. And, you know, as I was saying, the South Node is about the past. So it's releasing, um, you know, the light goes out and it gives you the opportunity to kind of reset that mind and emotion to release things from the past that no longer are of service to you, that ideas, you know, emotional, um, emotionally, emotional habits, um, but just anything, you know, even relationships that just are not working. Yeah. It's a way to um, release that. And then it was with this uh, challenging aspect with Saturn called a square, which gives it a reality check um, to it. And 
part of that eclipse, there was um, a conjunction with Mars and Neptune. And so to read that on a higher, you know, perspective, Mars is about action and Neptune is about your higher purpose. Okay. So, you know, it's finding a higher purpose to your actions. And so all eclipses, whether they're um, solar or lunar, you know, they're just a time of realignment and, you know, reminding us of our life's purpose. And, you know, with the South Node, well, first of all, and what makes this, uh, what made this eclipse so intense, I felt like I had a hangover for days after. Wow. Um, but what made it so intense was a it was um, you know a, a, you know eclipse lunar eclipses are like a time of the full moon and always a full moon is pretty emo can be pretty emotional yeah but this was in Scorpio mm -hmm. and which is the sign that is probably has the most has the deepest emotional intensity um, associated with it you okay. know really going deep whether you are aware of it or not, because so much of it is subconscious. So it was a total eclipse with the South Node in the sign of Scorpio. And, um, you know, and it was the South Node of releasing. So there was a lot of, you know, shedding mm -hmm. that is still going on and will continue to, you know, continue that process. Um, and then we had a, an eclipse April 30th that was a solar eclipse. It wasn't a total one, but it was a North Node eclipse. So it was bringing in new energy. Okay. And so this one was, you know, like releasing a lot of, you know, what's no longer of service. And Scorpio can also be, you know, like the deep down basement of a person's life, you know, yeah. deeper emotions. So eclipses impact everyone in one way or another, but they have much more of an impact if you have planets that are connected in with this eclipse. Mm -hmm. um, like I had Jupiter on my, um, Jupiter and Scorpio, the night of the eclipse, I found a place to move to and I've been looking for seven months. Um, so I finally found a home, you know. That's awesome. I have Jupiter in Scorpio as well. Oh, good. Yeah. So what house do you have it in? And the eighth house. Oh, okay. Yeah. The eighth house is very deep and transformational. Very, very deep. And Scorpio in that house, it's a natural ruler of the eighth right. house. So, you know, the eighth house can be considered the house of death. But it has much a bigger connotation, you know, it's the death and rebirth. Um, so it is what transformation is all about. So, you know, I have to look at the whole chart. No, I hear it. But I feel like that applies because, you know, personally, I just lost my sweet kitty cat of 17 years. That's right. A couple of weeks before. And it's been just life changing. He's been with me 17 years flying to LA, New Orleans, over 30 trips. And it definitely has been a major change in my life that I'm still sorting through and coming to terms with. Yeah. Yeah. Around yeah. the time and, of the eclipse. 
Right. And so it can, as I said, that reverberation is, you know, there. Um, and, you know, it'll, you know, last for a while because there's nothing, nothing superficial about the energy of Scorpio. It's, you know, very deep. Um, and um, so, you know, yeah. I hear you. I hear you talking about these cycles, these patterns. And before we came live, I shared with you as well that I do a new moon meditation every month yes. in New Orleans. And so I wondered, will you speak to us about this upcoming new moon on May 30th? what it will be about. I know I'm hoping for some lightning of intensity and I know new moons are about new beginnings. Will you talk to us about this? And I'm, I'm hoping to find some, some good feelings here in this. Yes. And well, I've been taking notes as you're speaking when you okay. see me looking down. Oh, good. Well, it is a very positive new moon. I mean, not that there's negative ones. There's sometimes, you know, um, aspects that are more challenging than others. So a new moon is always when the sun and the moon come to the same degree. And that happens once a month. Um, and it's a time of new beginnings. It's a time to set new intentions. And, um, and it depends on where in your chart that sun and moon are. Um, so this new moon is um, uh, May 30th. And I, if you're in Los Angeles, it's at 4.30 in the morning, um, Pacific time, or 7.30 Eastern. Um, never know where you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a time of new starts. And so every month there's kind of a, a fresh start that's starting about. And so this new moon is in the sign of Gemini and it'll be about nine degrees of Gemini. And so Gemini is very much about the mind and it's about perceptions and what we say and, you know, kind of how we say it. And Gemini also has to do with our immediate environment that we're in and you know, sort of all the mental activity that's associated with just our day-to-day -day, um, focus. And uh, Gemini energy is is very, is energetic. It can be very busy. And because it can get so busy, it can be scattered. Um, so um, that's, you know, just in general. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, with this new moon being in Gemini, there'll be uh, a lot on your mind. There'll be a lot that you want to say. And um, always, every year around May 20th, May 21st, and it changes a little bit every year, um, whenever the moon goes into um, Gemini, it's a, um, you know, things, the pace picks up a bit. And um, so, but the, with this new moon, the ruler of Gemini is Mercury. And Mercury is, and planets don't really rule a sign. It's just that they have much more of an affinity for that sign. And okay. therefore it said they rule it. 
And so Mercury has a very strong affinity with Gemini. Mm-hmm. But Mercury's retrograde right now. Right. And it will be retrograde until my birthday on June 3rd. Okay. <laughs> and but it goes, it's it's called stationing direct. A very early in the morning. Um actually I think it's uh stations direct. No, it's stations direct on very, very early in the morning on June 3rd. And so Mercury was in Gemini when it first went retrograde on um, uh, May 10th. And um, so then it has moved recently back to the late degrees of Taurus. And um, so with the new moon on the 30th, uh, Mercury, the ruler, is going to be retrograde in Taurus. And um, so, and planets don't really um, go backwards. They just appear so to us on Earth. It's right. kind of an optical illusion. Yes. But the message is for, to slow down, hmm. you know, and in Taurus, um, there's very much about, you know, breathe and being in, more in touch with our body and uh, relaxing um, and calming the nervous system. Mm. Um, so with the new moon, this new fresh start, Mercury, the ruler, is is retrograde in Taurus. And it's also making this challenging aspect with our friend Saturn. Okay. And Saturn, you know, again, it, Saturn's like the, the stop sign. You know, it, it's not there to be um, difficult. But it is there to help make sure that what you're doing is responsible and it's um, valid. And, you know, wants you to contemplate a little bit more. So this square with Saturn is another reality check. And it's slowing the mind down. Um, So with Saturn's connection, there can be a, a... the heaviness in the thinking. Um, and, you know, it's, um, um, it's, you know, Saturn square, um, you know, Saturn square Mercury can be a little bit of a heavy, you know, like I said, heavy thinking and, and okay. a little bit depressed thinking. Okay. And, yeah. Um, you know, the mind is just slowed down a little bit, but the mess, there's so many other things in that new moon chart that are saying, go, 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 go. Um, You know, Gemini energy is go. Um, There's Mars, which is action and it's conjuncting Jupiter in Aries, which is also like, Mm -hmm. and um, so there's a lot of push to go, but the ruler of this new moon is saying, uh yeah well let's take a chill pill and think about this for a few more days before we move forward and um so you know it's just um you know we're still under the influence of the lunar eclipse as well and um you know saturn is the stop sign saying yeah let's let's not be so hasty and um so then once Saturn goes, uh, once Mercury goes direct on June 3rd, then it starts pulling away from this Saturn influence. And by the 11th, 
um, 10th, 11th of January, then it's really out of the range of influence. And um, then you can really feel that, you know, the all the stop signs and whatnot are, you know, all the stops have been pulled out and you can fully move ahead. But um, by June 11th, you're saying yeah, by June 11th and even maybe a little bit by the 3rd of June. But, you know, it's still very much in a tight square, you know, with Saturn. I hear you saying to be thoughtful versus impulsive and moving forward and ahead. Is that exactly. accurate? Right. And yeah, so it doesn't have to be depressed energy. However, you know, traditionally, um, you know, it can be a weighted thinking, you know, when you have that kind of aspect with Saturn. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, it, there's a lot of, you know, push to move forward, but the universe is just saying, well, you know, let's not so fast, you know, let's just take a little bit of, of time know, of time, and, you know, reconsider this. And so on June 3rd, when Mercury goes direct, the, the amazing thing is uh, Mercury is being aspected by all these outer planets and so there's a lot of information coming in. Okay. And um, of the 10 planets that we consider, four of those are in their home sign. Oh, that's which, great. And so it just means that the energy is a lot easier to do. There's, you know, more flow and, um, and you know, there's a lot more power uh, to it. Mm -hmm. So it's really... Um, you know, it's a really good new moon if you just are willing to, you know, like, uh, let me think about this, you know, for a little bit of time. Um, so, you know, this Gemini energy wants to connect with a lot of people. It's got a lot of ideas, you know, going on. And um, so, yeah, it could be a really busy time and especially um, getting busier you know, as you move on into the month of June. So, you and know, I, so big picture starts opening up a lot. Opening up. And I get that sense, Sharon, that you're talking about versus people tend to uh, be scared of Mercury retrograde without even necessarily knowing why. And I hear you saying it's really this time is about thoughtfulness, consideration, and really honoring ourselves and others and i'm thinking maybe a place to conclude with any takeaways regarding mercury retrograde to kind of even clear up some of the misnomers for our listeners and viewers to have more you know like positive feelings about it rather than concern right yeah and i think mercury retrograde gets a bad rap um mercury retrograde is actually um this happens three, sometimes four times a year. Mm -hmm. So it's 20% of the year that Mercury is retrograde. And then there's something called the shadow period, which is the pre-retrograde and the post-retrograde, which then, you know, makes it like 40% of the year. Right. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you ha people have to live their life. Yeah. Um, so we're actually in the second Mercury retrograde for this year. And we'll have... Well, I say three and a half this year. Um, it's technically it's four, 
the last Mercury retrograde will start um, after the, the 29th of December and it goes until the middle of January. So we, you know, um, and so anyway, we're in the second one right now and it began on the 5th of May. And, um, you know, as I was saying that retrograde implies that the planet is going backwards, but, you know, it's just an optical illusion. And if you think about two cars traveling, you know, on, a, on the highway and um, they're, you know, side by side in lanes, but one car is going faster, it just is an illusion that the other car is going falling back. Yeah. It's not falling back at all. Um, and so it's just a, a, for us on earth, it's, you know, kind of that appearance. And so Mercury um, is the messenger of the gods. The Greeks named Mercury um, that, you know, this messenger because yeah. Mercury has the ability to go to the celestial spheres, to travel to the, you know, uh, us on earth and also to go to the underworld. It, Mercury, you know, is, um, you know, is about transportation and it's mm. about communication. So always, you know, when the energy of Mercury seems to slow, it's because Mercury has come as close to planet earth as it can come. And therefore the um, message is intensified and it can be confusing in the mind. So that's why they say, you know, back up your computer, you know, right. the Mercury retrograde and, you know, double check that your car is in good running order and make sure that you've read carefully documents that you're going to sign. Um, just because <clears throat> there's a lot of mental stimulation. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But, you know, um, um, now the interesting thing about this Mercury retrograde that I want to mention real fast, when it stations direct on June 3rd, it's at 26 degrees of Taurus. And there's a fixed star at 26 degrees of Taurus called Algul. And um, Algul, uh, <coughs> and it's also squaring the planet Saturn. Um, so Algul is um, the demon's head. It's actually the head of Medusa. Mm. And you can see Algul in the sky. It's a blinking star. And um, um, Medusa, <coughs> you know, uh, these Greek legends are sometimes really pretty um, dramatic. And yeah. the legend of Medusa is, is certainly one of them. But Medusa was raped by Poseidon. And, you know, when she tried to, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I need some water. When she tried to, um, um, you know, protest and complain about this treatment by Poseidon, she was the one punished, not Poseidon. Mm. So she's very representative of um, <coughs> injustice. Right. And so when she was punished, she had her head cut off and she was made into a demon. Mm. And she's really not a demon. She's a survivor. Yeah. And, um, 
so it's, you know, she was the one that was betrayed and then she was blamed for her betrayal. And um, so it's interesting that I find uh, just recently in the news that, um, you know, Mercury is, you know, just about right on Poseidon or right on uh, Medusa now. And what's coming out in the news is about the Southern Baptist Church having repressed many decades of complaints raised by women about sexual abuse in the church. Mm. And a lot of that was turned against the women saying yes. that they're trying to profiteer. And so anyway, it, I just find the timing. It's interesting. Yeah, the timing. Absolutely. Very interesting. So, um, Sharon, I want to I want to bring us in a little bit because we're at the end of our time. Okay. And I want our listeners and viewers to know about your sessions because you offer if any of you listening or watching want to know more. I know you do individual astrological sessions and readings, as well as sessions around planning major life events, which I think is so cool to help you plan the best timing of things, as well as you do emotion code sessions to help people energetically, you know, release the the components of, of emotions that can cause physical ailments. And I love the quote on your website. I'm just going to read it from Professor William Tiller, who says that the future of medicine will be based on controlling energy frequencies in the body. So I want to make sure our listeners and viewers know about your sessions. Thank you. Yes, yes. I'm I, astrologyinsight.net. And um, yeah, you can find me there. And uh, yeah, I offer, offer a, a wide variety of um, services. for people. You also do, I'm remembering relationship readings, you know, for a, for a romantic relationship, for business relationships. What others? I feel like I might be missing. Any kind of relationship, you know, um, in, that you're in a, you know, a, you know, that you want to know about how you interact with each other. So, yeah, I do the, um, the an hour reading, or if um, you would just prefer a shorter reading, I do a half an hour reading. And um, I do the relationships, the timing. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And then the emotion code. You know, I really appreciate you, Sharon, and how you demystify astrology to me is a symbolic language as complex as learning Chinese or really, or Arabic languages that are really difficult and that you bring this comfort and ease. Like it, it's obvious that this is so natural to you to see these patterns and help us learn about them. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been my play. It's my, my learning process that I want to share with everybody else as well. So. I love that. Then uh, thank you, Sharon. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. And you You're as welcome. well. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. That concludes today's show with Sharon Zimmerman, evolutionary astrologer. Go to her website, astrologyinsight.net to schedule sessions with her wherever you are and learn more. I hope that this podcast finds you well, and I look forward to being back with you next week.
all of my love. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review All Things Therapy on the platform you're listening from. And let's connect on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities. And let's keep changing consciousness one conversation at a time.